A word before we jump in, this podcast is uncensored and full of spoilers. Consider yourself warned. Amazing. Okay, we'll try one that's just like a little bit tougher. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hi, Jim's. Emma, please don't interrupt when I'm, when I'm recording. <laughs> you definitely need to keep that Maybe part magic. in. <laughs> Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. I'm Nick, and honestly, I'm a little somber today. It is the 15th anniversary of the passing of my beloved Tamagotchi. It drowned in my mother's coffee after I threw it in my mother's coffee. Gucci, you'll be missed. And I'm joined by my forever friend. Hi. <laughs> her name's Julie. I think she was super thrown off by the fact that I referred to her in a positive light, that she didn't know how to respond. Or that you even knew I was here. So that was great. Hi, Nick. Hi, everybody. You know, sometimes I do spiral. Uh, Julie is uh, much like Sister Sledge in that she's the greatest dancer. And our greatest producer, Miss Emma, is joining us today as well. Hi, Emma. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hey, Julie, what are we talking about today? Well, we spent quality time in the Rue universe today talking about celebrity drag race, classic drag race, and the announcement of the reveal of the All-Stars 5 girls. Suck it, Marvel. Suck it, MCU. The only universe we're here for is the RuPaul Drag Queen universe. Ru universe! And a little bit of Kimmy Schmidt, which was really adorable, and John Hamm was hilarious. We go from Kimmy Chi to Kimmy Schmidt to Kim Jong-il. He's alive, apparently. It was all a ruse. <laughs> we don't do that. I just really, that's like the rule of threes. You have to keep saying things, and I lost my trajectory. Actually, you were right, and you didn't know it, because fake Kim Jong makes an appearance in Kimmy Schmidt. So, good for you. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Because another story, story by next story. <laughs> As you can see, our musical chops have not improved, but we hope you'll still enjoy our comedy chops as we engage in what we hope is enjoyable repartee with you, our beloved fellow quarantiners. We hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you next time. Amazing. <laughs> so in which part of the Rue universe would you like to start today? Because we've got a lot to cover. I do like how this is like, I don't follow the MCU. I'm not a super Marvel nerd, um, but I am drag race. You know, where it's just like, this goes in this Ubra and this yes. is canon to this. And this is like comic verse versus like TV show and movies and everything else. It's just like, now we have our own drag race universe and it's so exciting. Um, because it's, it's the Rue universe, Rue universe, Rue universe, Rue universe, Rue universe. We can't all be Willem with the Rupologize. <laughs> The Rupologize heard around the world. Rupologize, Ruveal. We got Runiverse. The like Rusicals. Yeah. Yes. So what part of the Reuniverse would you like to start in? Um, let's start with classic. Classic. Yeah, I classic Rupal. Yeah. Excellent. All right, so what are your overall thoughts of this week, One Queen Show? So I thought... The puppets were exciting. I know you have way more of a soft spot for puppets and her <laughs> mouth face and face just so completely dropped. And I feel like that's where we need to start because we need to work through this. And I feel like there's a lot of unresolved emotions by how terrible this puppet performance was. It was so edited. It was just so tiny. It just wasn't funny. It's so sad. They've been so funny. And of course, as you know, I was like really looking forward to it. But I did think the puppets looked just like the guys. Before they dragged them up, you were like, wow, that really does look like Jackie Cox. Fun. <laughs> um, watching Gigi go on like I like when people do a bad job and they know it you know when other people are like I did great you're like no you didn't you were terrible she at least knew she had bombed everyone was yeah. cute it was fine I just feel like the fact that it was super edited shows how little content there was to work with and they all just failed to deliver and that's one of the biggest disappointments of the season thus far in addition to not having like a traditional reading challenge i miss that i feel like there's certain drag race archetypes you can't fuck with and the reading challenge is the biggest one and they sort of co-opted it into this weird branding moment that i'm just like still not quite over well, things are hitting me harder in the core though <laughs> their second chance to have that reading was this you know and i feel like we could make fun of those people all day long but we don't know them that well 
And then Jackie wins for making fun of Sherry, which I guess is sort of like some sort of karmic balancey kind of thing because she ripped on Sherry for not being very nice. I mean, I feel like, I know, I feel like it would have made much more sense and would have been much funnier if we had gotten to know Sherry at all. Not that I'm saying we should have, but there's no reference for that joke because they have done a great job of editing her completely out of the show. Oh, Except she is. for the fact that it talked about like force feeding pie, and that feels like too much of a reference to what we know about cherry pie, and not a reference to like <laughs> I know whatever Heidi got to know about cherry pie. Yeah, I don't know. But, I don't know. But I, I wonder know. if Sherry got to say funny things about Heidi that they cut out, so that Sherry doesn't get any attention. But then Heidi doesn't get hurt. You know how much fun would it have been to have Sherry, Heidi as your puppet? And just that week, you know, she said, "I know, epiphany." Jackie had a epiphany, and the producers like. Do you mean epiphany? And she's like, is that how you say it? I've been saying it wrong the whole time. You learn something new every day. Heidi is... An angel sent from heaven? I thought so. Precisely. No, 100%. She is holding up everything. Like, all of these traditional foundational elements of RuPaul, she's upholding with misspelling and mispronouncing words. Hello, sequence stress. Like... These are all major things that we can reference back. And she has hilarious confessionals where she's like making mistakes and then calling herself on it. Like the Gia Gunn thing where she's just like, I think it's funny how like ours was in color and theirs was in black and white. And they're like, you think it's because it was filmed in the 50s? (laughs) No. (laughs) She's just a fucking gem. But unlike Gia and Roxy, Heidi is so sweet about it. She's like, oh my goodness, I just made a terrible mistake. Roxy's like, no, you're wrong. It's sequence. That's yeah. what it is. You're like, no, Roxy is not. Gia. <laughs> There's no H. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. I'm guessing all of Ram sure is going to be disappointed. And she says at the end, I hope all of Ram sure is proud of me, whereas everyone's like, everyone else is like, everyone's going to be so disappointed. They're like, no. You're, it's really you're, The only person you're a huge deal in their life is you. Like, nobody else really cares. Yeah. Like, I mean, on I there. Feel- Sorry you got kicked out second. That fucking piece of broccoli is still here, so... Oh my god! How I mean, she must live in L.A. So she's just easily. She does plucked. live in L.A. Does she? Okay, because there's a, like I was like they can't keep her against her will just in a closet because they got rid of the the closet at the end of Heidi's name. So that's just where they keep Dahlia now, and they just pull her out whenever it suits their fancy. I, I mean, I get like trying to make a memeable moment where it's like, oh, there's the broccoli again, but Dahlia just was not that engaging. That's why she went home first. So we head to the dust. maxi challenge where all these people who do not have a stand-up or uh, acting background are all just charged with writing their own five-minute piece, one-woman show. Go, what? but great, Whoopi Goldberg's here, so we're going to bring two giant parts of Julie's life together, The View and Drag Race. <laughs> I'm super excited. Until she hugs Jada, and then I remember that she doesn't wear bras, and I just think, ooh, yuck. That would be your fucking response. That's so just funny. yuck. I mean, I look at her every day, including today, while they once again completely destroy a Zoom call and just think, ooh, put on a bra. But that's a personal problem, obviously. And I thought she was eloquent and helpful for the most part. It seemed like, yeah, when this challenge was first announced, I was horrified. I was like, this is going to be a fucking disaster. This is a train wreck waiting to happen. You're giving them five minutes to talk about what exactly? Like... I'm someone who hates restrictions but needs boundaries, and I need to learn that those are the same thing. And that, you know, you can exist and be creative within this space, but it's so much easier when you have confines around what you need to do. I feel like the direction was just so open-ended that that's exhausting and so much more pressure than, like, you have to do this specific challenge. It makes it so much easier. When you have a specific assignment, they're just like, do anything for five minutes, or in Sherry's case, 20 and we'll see what happens. I just, the entire time I was like, this is going to be an unmitigated disaster. And you weren't, weren't wrong. It was really tough, painful, long. Why didn't they edit that? That wasn't funny either. So why not cut that down a little bit and I could take a little more puppet humor or I'm sure Whoopi <laughs> talked a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know that there was more puppet humor though. So I know. I think it was just like. I'm going to make bad. my own puppets and do my own show. What's the, like, what are your puppet <laughs> highlights su- in your mind? Like, what do you think of? What do you think of good puppets? Um, oh, Derek Barry, who I hate, doing Naomi Smalls. Oh, flavor Flav. No, trying to do it like you, Naomi. She's like, okay. Oh, flavor Flav. <laughs> and then Adore during Bendel Creme's voice. She did so great at that. 
And then whoever does adore and they're talking about her tights, she's like, I am. My tights are really dirty. I'm totally punk rock. <laughs> Love it. And Katya makes fun of Ginger. Let's see what else. <laughs> Chi-Chi doing Bob is still my favorite. Jokes, 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 jokes. And Bianca. They're really funny. Pearl. Yeah. I'm not asleep. I woke up a long time ago. So it was like the actual puppet plus the callback, you know. Uh-huh. Once again, hands up to season seven. I don't care what you haters say. It's my favorite. It's my favorite year. Did you see that yeah. Violet's <laughs> re-watching it? No. Where's that happening? She, I don't think she's actually doing it in person or on any sort oh. of social media where you can follow along with her, but she did tweet. She's just not that entertaining. She did tweet that <laughs> I'm rewatching all of this and I don't know what you guys are talking about. The untucked are fire because yeah. we all hate each other. And it's true. <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate, go ahead. No, I do appreciate that the Queens love each other this season and I, I sense that camaraderie and I like that camaraderie, but there's something like our basic human like our voracious appetite for reality TV shows is carnivorous. It is not an herbivore. I love peace and quiet and like kumbaya. No, I want to see flesh and bones being ripped apart as you aggressively tear me down. That's what I don't I know if see. I'm going to go there with you, but Alaska doing Roxy Andrews. She's like, what you got under there? A tear away. What you got under your tear? Away? Another tear away. <laughs> I mean, those guys all loved each other. It was so sweet and silly. And yeah, I love it. I love the puppet challenge always makes me happy. Not anymore, but, um, <laughs> Gigi did do a good job of dressing up Jackie Cox, the puppet to look like her with like the five o'clock shadow and the yeah. genie outfit on. Like she, you know, yeah. she did her job. You just could have roasted them much harder. But when we get to that later, the celebrity roast was great. I don't know who wrote all that material, but that shit was hilarious. Oh um, my God. Way funnier than anything on here, but. <laughs> So we go to RuPaul and Whoopi and they're going to help them. And Jackie Cox starts talking and Ru's like, are you going to get started at some point? Cause it's not funny. It's not funny. Yeah. You see your vulnerability, which I don't really think came out. Did you guys feel like she did when she did her thing about her parents? I thought hers was a really good one woman show. Like I think like it, it felt like a one woman show. It felt like a prepared one woman show. The characters were like, and it was two different characters. You could see them. You kind of got a sense of them. And I guess it was more vulnerable than where she started. Like, I felt like she eked herself down the spectrum. I actually, I was impressed with it. Um, I, I did think she was going to win this episode. But Yeah, I thought it was better than it was, but it felt like a middle school TED Talk to me. Like, and that's why <laughs> this person really loves you. And that's a different kind of love. And you're like, thanks, Jackie Cox, for teaching yeah. us all about love. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that's a pretty good analog for the appropriate demographic for RuPaul's Drag Race because it is middle school humor. And it's evidenced by Crystal Method doing her super bro thing, which was hilarious, but it was stupid. Hold the phone here. And also, Rock'em Sakura put one fart in a song and they were like, that's ridiculous. That's all you got? But yeah. they're like, show us the dump again, Crystal. <laughs> Different rules for different queens. I know. And that's why I never trust what the judges say. And I know that you have to kowtow to them. I think Crystal's done it in a great way. Queens like Jackie are like, this is what the judges want from me. I need to completely reinvent myself or like widow would get in her head. And they're just like, I need to transfer who I am. And it's like, Crystal has been Crystal the entire time. Like Michelle said, I love how you changed up her makeup. Her makeup is the same. She just drew little nostrils. (laughs) Yeah. So... It's like they want to pretend that you heeded their advice, but they want you to be you just more confidently. What they say doesn't actually matter. Well, but all they've ever said to Heidi is your makeup is bad and you're not real smart at these challenges. And she's just doing the best she can, but she is so genuine that you just love her. Widow, Mm -hmm. we all wanted that same widow from the first episode who turned it out and was like, you know, just killing it. You're like, where's that girl? Bring her back. That's what I'm looking for. I don't really give a fuck who you are deep down inside. I just want you to turn out. Where's your, where's that one handed back bend with the mouth that could yeah. really lip sync. I did have I to nick it up with the uh, closed captioning. Cause I didn't know what she was talking about. The uh, spice <laughs> girls. I was like, what? It's spice. I'm like, what? Oh, spice girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> what were you going to say, Nikki? Who knows? I just heard spice girls and now I'm just transported <laughs> back to when <laughs> I, Do you know how I know that I'm gay besides being so? Because I once did a live performance (laughs) of Naked, a Spice Girls song, where at their concerts, they would be naked behind a chair for my sister and my neighbor. 
That sounds was, as cringy as the puppets. That's just not sound Yeah. Good. It's we can edit that out. That's actually maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a moment we needed to reveal. <laughs> Heidi decides to take us all to her family barbecue. Only no one at her barbecue has anything funny to say or is distinguishable from anybody else at her barbecue. Yeah. No, I think so. In my opinion, this challenge was incredibly difficult. Incredibly they didn't, difficult. They didn't get much direction because they weren't given many restrictions about... They didn't have, like, here's the prompt sort of thing. It was just, like, here's the assignment, but, like, no specific thing. It's, like, write an essay. It's, like, okay, what's the rest essay on? Is it about, like, the French Revolution? Is it about what? It's just, like, no, just write an essay. And it's, like, okay, um, ah, about what, like, pelicans? What the fuck do you want? A pelican brief? I can show you my pelican briefs if I'm crystal method and you don't think it's fucking hilarious. But I just feel like they were never built to be successful. I thought Whippy gave pretty incisive advice. I think Rue was way more invested than he has been previously. Like his send off to the eventual loser of this episode was super heartfelt. And his message to all the queens was very sweet. And that's been kind of uncharacteristic where you wonder if he's sort of like tuning in and out. Uh, but maybe he just like starts to wake up when there's six left and he's like, okay, you matter. Like you made it to the point where I can actually care about you and commit your names to memory. We'll see. I mean, who knows? Telling them apart in the future might be difficult. Exactly. <laughs> the names are up there somewhere. Uh, I, also, I was, I had high hopes for Heidi, this challenge. Like, I, I just thought there was oh, definitely a world in which she could be on stage for five minutes and be hilarious and adorable and just kill it, even without a lot of structure, you know? I felt the same way about Jada. I expected both of them. I didn't expect Heidi to have, like, a TED Talk, but I expected yeah. her to be silly and funny. And Jada is hilarious, so she just... Yeah. Uh. And then Gigi, who I don't even like, I feel like it's super mean to be like, well just talk off the top of your head. She's like, no, I'm a structure person. I'm rigid. Like I need to write this down. What I write down will be funny. They're like, no, just do it now. Uh, no, I don't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> she had some of the funniest things well, for me, the funniest things of anybody. When she, when that she guy was said, my name's Derek. And she said, hello, Gary. I thought that was really funny. I don't know why. <laughs> and then at the end, she just says, fuck off Gary and leaves. But for some reason I laughed. I know. I laughed at that too. <laughs> yeah. It just wasn't cringy. Like, Jada and Heidi and yeah, I think that more crystals playful. was amazing, <laughs> but it was at least silly. Yeah, I can't do a lot of cringeworthy um, anything. Um, I've read on the internet it's because I'm empathetic, um, so I just have like a really <laughs> tender heart, and I'm just super sweet and kind. And seeing others struggle is a challenge for me, who rarely struggles at anything. Um, but no, I had my, I had. Every I I story is a Nick story. Every <laughs> um, story. That's why we had to do this podcast. So I had a fucking outlet. <laughs> All right, Cherry Pie Jr. Get your 17 minutes of fame. Rude. Uh, They're just like, she's I one that needs to perform a lot. Um, no, I mean, I did feel some similarities with Sherry Pie that were not at all related to sexual deviancy, but just in like selfish performing, um, which I guess is a stepping stone. Watch out, everyone. So I just like, I spent the entire performance aspect of this episode covering my face, plugging my ears. I could not bear to watch, hear, acknowledge that this was <laughs> happening. One point he asked, do we have to, like, do we have to watch all like 20 minutes of this? <laughs> I was like, I got the gist. I know they're going to fail. I can't, I can't. Cause that's the thing. It's like, I feel like Heidi with more direction would have been better. And she was like, okay, so this is how I envisioned the challenge. I've seen people do like sort of Medea's family reunion clump sort of situation where I'm just going to play all the roles. And it's like, that is very challenging to do without any sort of costuming changes to differentiate, especially when you only have five minutes to establish these people destined to fail. Why they weren't just like scrap this idea completely. There's no way you can accomplish this. Just be yourself and do like stand up. Or Have just say them, just talk. Whoopi's one woman show. It's no. amazing. It's me. Ma it's amazing. And at one point she puts like a towel on her head and pretends she has blonde hair and she turns into a little kid. She does all of those things. Like they're modeling it after that. And it's one of the most amazing things you've ever seen. She really does craft different characters and tell different stories. Obviously it's an hour long, but she has those moments where, like they said, if Heidi had picked two people and just yeah. yelled at boo or whoever, that would have been easier. But, you know, I'm sure she traveled that show for a year and had some training and wanted to do it. 
I do want to throw back to when they were in the rehearsals, though. And Jada says to Whoopi, I've been listening to the Color Purple soundtrack this whole time, and it's just like Miss Seeley's, uh, not exactly, Miss Seeley was stolen as a child. She was a child bride. She was raped continually, beaten, not allowed to see her sister, not allowed to speak, continually beaten and raped by her master, fell in love with a woman, she's not allowed to see her. So not exactly RuPaul's Drag Race is the same journey of Miss Seeley. Anything come for me in the Color Purple? Um, false equivalency? Maybe, Jada. I just, no offense. But come on. I mean, I feel like someone could easily take offense to that. I never read any literature in high school. I just sparked notes to everything. So my grasp of the classics is poor. So I did not clock the Miss Seeley comparison that was highly Wh Whoopi Goldberg plays Seeley in The Color Purple. Well, I knew that. I know okay. movies. I just I know real life. I just don't know books. Okay, well, this was a movie based on a book. It's a great movie. It's a great book. I haven't seen the musical, but... It's tragic what happens to Celie. Like her, she has no life, and he just basically tortures her her entire life. Yeah. Danny Glover, and then at the end, she like gets to see her sister and play patty cake. Like it's not even like you know winning a hundred thousand dollars. So I appreciate sort of what Jada was talking about, but uh, <laughs> cringe more. The funniest thing about Jada's performance, which by the way um, was about her peeing on herself at a pageant, on it was entitled. Else? You have to assume some of it got on her, but yes, someone else. Um, entitled P is for pageant, and that story should not be told. Like most of my stories, which are edited out because they are deemed um, unwelcome to, the, to the, the general public's ears, which is fair. And Emma does a great service with that. But it was just, the only thing that I liked about it was when Michelle said P is for purple later. I thought that was a funny callback, but nothing else mattered. <laughs> I like what Ross said. We asked you to tell us our number one story, not our number, not a story about going number one. Boy, Ross was out of control this week. I mean, I love him dearly, but wow, he was really out of that. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone was performing for Whoopi because obviously this is the highest caliber guest star perhaps they've ever had on RuPaul's Drag Race. She is an EGOT winner and she's been on she's 30 Rock, so she really is like the full circle of our lives. Exactly. Yeah. She's everything. <laughs> Think of it, then, then Ruby goes into her really deep flower metaphor. Think of it <laughs> yes. like a flower. There's like a One part time. of it and then another part. You're just like, what <laughs> are you talking about? I mean, I thought she was totally tuned in, really helpful, really generous mm -hmm. with all of them, but that, that didn't make any sense to me. She went Shaka Khan for a moment where it was just like, what? It feels like a hate crime. What that. plane are you on? <laughs> um, like temporal plane. What plane of existence are you on? <laughs> Because when Shaka was on, she was she was on something. What's a Merkin? What's that? It's an American. It's someone who resides I in the United am States. American, 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 American. American. Red, I love how like Gigi is always I, in like my mind. Gigi is always the one shown with uh, vote.gov. We don't even know if she's voted. We don't even know if she knows how to vote. We don't even know if that's something that she's aware happens. Maybe her mommy takes her and they plan their outfits accordingly and go her mommy votes for her i mean i always vote with my mom we go together it's a cute little <laughs> thing we do <laughs> well, we didn't talk about sherry pie really except that she goes on for 17 minutes but during the critiques they say it is really funny and really well crafted and they certainly edited it to make it seem like it was just a piece of dog poop like from the editing i saw i was like oh she actually had like enjoyable moments where the uh audience responded she yeah, just went on for far too laughing, long i don't know why yeah, well, exactly, because we weren't given reason to yeah. understandably be exactly, yeah. Um, no, she went on for a very long time. And this is Michelle Visage, by constantly being rude to everyone, it pays off if those people are eventually convicted for sex crimes because she looks like a soothsaying Nosferatu who predicted her shadiness. Yes, and she is shady. So, And that wasn't nice. I don't know if you've ever gone on... Just even at like a, I don't know, anything where you're supposed to go like give your speech at Emma's wedding or whatever, and you're supposed to start and someone's just going endlessly. You're like, uh, like I wouldn't have wanted to go after you at Emma's wedding. Yeah. So no, sure, the entire I, time. Sure I, you didn't want to go last. Why wouldn't she want to end the show? I, that seemed bad no. to me. I know. She should have. That's she true. did. Because oh, 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 everything. Oh, oh, oh. No, that's the thing. It's like when I, when I'm in situations where I perform. Um, in front of an audience, I 
would prefer to be last because I know that it's just like, this is the moment where I'm going to transform and do all these things. And <laughs> I was a Phoenix. <laughs> I, <laughs> I set myself on fire and was reborn. Emma's wedding became about me. No, but we did do the lineup intentionally. Right. Which is so smart. You're so smart. She yeah. and saved the best for last <laughs> or the longest one or the other. <laughs> or both. I don't know. Or whatever. <laughs> Now, if we were to do a runway right now and I told you both we had to wear something purple, do you have anything? I do. Because once I went to a, a prom party in college and the theme of our prom was America. And I found a dress at a vintage store that was this like purple 70s. And I was Purple Mountain's Majesty. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Yes. You could be in Drop Dead Gorgeous. I think I have a purple t-shirt. Nick, do you have anything purple? <laughs> Yeah, now I've got a couple purple like waffle knits back when that was all the rage. Well, our r- runway is the color purple. <laughs> da, 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 da. What's your uh, favorite color, Julie? Purple. What's yours? <laughs> all right. Uh, is it legitimately purple? I don't really have a favorite color. I don't think you get to have that. When you're <laughs> I think, that goes I think away. it's pretty common that people do have that, but sure. Nope. What about you? Do you have a favorite color? Is this a thing? I mean, now it feels annoying for me to claim it because I'm not supposed to. It's forbidden. I said at my age, I'm significantly older than you. So no, emotionally, <laughs> we're the same age. If I probably I, I have about that. You. <laughs> I'm pretty world weary um, before my age of 16. Um, so are you telling us your favorite color or what? Yeah, I don't know that I have one. You always said, I probably blue. It brings out the blue in my eyes. Because <laughs> my eyes change color. <laughs> it's like, how do you find a white person in a crowd? They'll tell you that their <laughs> eyes change color. Can you people see my screen? Can. Yes. Take it to the runway fast. Take it to the runway. All right, what do we think of Jackie Cox and her one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater eating Molly outfit? I thought it was super fucking fun. Also, she's eating LSD. Um, that's not Molly. How would you know? Please tell. Because you like Molly is like ecstasy. It doesn't typically come in a tab like that. And usually mm-hmm. like LSD is known as being a little tab that you put on your mouth and then you lose hours out of your day and then bits of your brain. See the things or, I learned by hanging out with you? I mean, some people have good experiences. I've heard. I've never seen it. And with my with I know two eyes. I thought it was super fun. It was super campy. Drag is supposed to be campy. It was a character. I enjoyed it. The arts and craft bit that they were maligning her for. It's like, I do you understand what competition you're doing right now? It's a drag competition. Drag can be whatever the fuck you want it to be. This is fun. This is enjoyable. I see the mission. It's whimsical. Ten out of ten. And she changed it up. It doesn't look like typical mm-hmm. Jackie. Yeah, she's not a fucking wear. genie. Yeah. Well, and I feel like she dresses old a lot. Oh, she absolutely does. Um, <laughs> Crystal Method. Super cute. I loved the hell out of this. Me too. Um, I thought it was adorable. If, like, I thought Crystal was going to win just because she seemed to have greater longevity in the competition than Jackie. But I think Jackie deserved to win this one. Crystal definitely deserved to win the one where she made over the um, fan. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, they're winning for the wrong episodes. Now, just a brief note. She's talking about these Nick Cave sound suits, which they had at the art museum. And I have worn mm-hmm. one of them before for a performance. They smell terribly, but they are really cool. Um, they make noises, though. This one won't make a noise. Like There's nothing rubbing against itself that I know of. But adorable. Loved it. I love her makeup. I love the purple cow. I don't know what it is. I love her. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> She's still dancing around. Yeah. <laughs> She's Big cute. And the- I know. <laughs> Out comes Heidi, who looks like, uh, I don't know, mother, aunt of the bride at a nighttime wedding. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, she looks pretty. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, she kind of looks like, it's sort of like a Jada Essence Hall vibe from several runways ago, where it's just very pageanty, super well put together and precious. Um, you think she borrowed it from Jada? 
Potentially. She's, I don't know that she anticipated making this far in composition. Or sometimes the queens have to use outfits for many challenges that they weren't anticipating expending. So, but no, I think she definitely brought that with her. Her makeup does look better. All right. The thing is spinning. So then Gigi comes out as what's her face from Scooby-Doo. It was like, it was a costume. Like that was a costume. That is something you could buy at a pop-up Halloween shop and go as Daphne. Like, there were people on Twitter who were like... Her mother would object to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know her mother. I don't know her life. Um, I just... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it was exceptional. No. Me either. It I mean, it was pretty... That's for sure. No. So that's a problem. That's a problem. And that's then... a problem. Cruella, the Mistress of the Dark, comes out in her... Whatever that was. Doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about it. Okay. And then finally, Jada Essence Hall comes out in fucking glamour with a sideways hat and a slit and a fabulous. So this is a very niche reference that I'm about to lay on you, but she looked very similar to Dami M, a contestant on X Factor Australia, who later placed second in Eurovision in the first or second year that Australia was allowed to perform during her performance of Clarity while on the show. Everyone should Google her Thelma Houston Don't Leave Me This Way performance. It's quite fun. Quite fun. Was she wearing a purple gown? <laughs> or No, I've gone beyond the reference to anything Have we're talking you about. LaShawn beyond? No. And then here's the eternal question. Does the runway even matter? Does it even matter? Does it even matter? I always go to no. Like the challenge matters. The runway's like 10%, maybe. But Jackie's TED Talk was much better crafted than Crystal's. Was it as did it get as many last? Probably not. But her outfit was terrible. So Crystal's was funny and she had a great outfit. So I just don't know. What's the point of the runway? Does it matter? Does it matter? Well, but also I love Jackie's runway. I thought Jackie's runway was I know Fantastic. they didn't. They thought it was yeah, cheap yeah and crafty. <laughs> so anyway, our winner is Crystal Method. Yay! Not yay. the week we wanted her to win, but we're glad she won. And then yeah. our bottom two are Heidi and Jada, deservedly so. Yes, I did think they were both worse than um, Gigi. Although they could have punished yeah. Sherry just to be bitchy. Yeah, that would which have I've been, seen them. Do I would have before. enjoyed that because mm-hmm. she hasn't lip synced yet, right? No. She lip synced for the win against Jada. Right. Yes. Good, 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 good. Okay. So it's mm-hmm. Prince's Purple. It's 1999. It should have been Purple Rain because that would have made more sense with the theme. Exactly. But That's what Nick said, too. When Jada whipped that <laughs> Donnie off, M performs such an exceptional cover of Purple Rain. <laughs> Guys, Donnie M's great. I would really love Donnie M. Is Nick <laughs> it's about Donnie M, not me. Dami's great. <laughs> so anyway, back to the show that we're talking about. Uh, okay, I guess. Sure, yeah. When Jada pulled the hat and the hair off she and that wig, I was like, oh, hell, goodbye. Bye, Heidi. See ya. Yeah. Jada was in it. Yeah, that it. was fantastic. And I thought like Heidi was. was taking a back seat to her the whole time, which is sad. But you I thought Jada, Jada's performance was my favorite of the season thus far. Even more than Widow Von Du and the one-handed back thing with the mouth? Correct. Wow. Yeah. Those I feel like words. those are big words and I'm going to stand by them in the following ways. <laughs> I always like to start with a little thesis statement. So it just felt like she had the appropriate amount of tricks. Widow was just constantly trick. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Which is like funny for Stuart from Mad TV, but less funny when it's coming from Jan and okay when it's coming from Widow. And against Gigi was the clear winner. Jada's felt much more intentional, very strategic. She was feeling the emotion of the song. She was performing the song. And it's, I feel like so often the character of the song, the vibe takes a backseat to, I need to perform all these tricks because it's all about the ruse and that element and the theatrics. And it's like, it's about the theatrics of emotion and emoting the song. You are lip syncing, so you're not relying on that talent. You're relying on embodying the energy of the song. And yes, that can be interpreted in different ways. But if you're just doing the splits willy nilly, or you're just like, (laughs) I need to do all of these fucking kitschy things. That's not a good lip sync. We saw that with Jan. She was just like, I'm just going to keep doing the splits. It's like, girl, everyone can do the splits now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I felt like she was just really performing, really into it. Eye contact. 
Heidi seemed kind of defeated. I'm guessing four times of being in the bottom is probably more than like, there's a reason you go home after four. There's a reason you've been in the bottom that many times. And it's just too much. She just yeah. seemed a little defeated and done. And like she said, she came further than she thought she ever would. So that's great. Yeah. No, I think and she then, was sort of resigned to her fate and yeah. she had well, a great Jada's perspective on it. Turn yeah. it out. No, Jade has been a front runner since the beginning. We just never really acknowledged her, but in Speak her mind, for yourself. She at knew- the end of every episode, we would say, "Oh my God, I love Jada so much." I'm not sure why we didn't talk about her more, but we always brought her up. Yeah, I know, but that's not the most glowing terms. Hey, afterthought, <laughs> you did great. <laughs> Cute. Then Rue tells Heidi she's going to be a star. It was very sweet. So. Next week looks pretty intense. Next week looks like a full-on, looks like the kind of the all-stars musical, you know? Jamal's there to teach some choreography and everyone's like losing their minds and stuff. So it's a big deal. It's exciting. Big deal. Exciting. Hustle up the wagons and head on over to Celebrity Drag Race. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. <laughs> We're running fucking train on it. That has multiple meetings. So what'd you think? This was my favorite episode thus far. Oh my God, it was so good. It annoys me so much how much the cis white gender men coming into their own and drag means so much to me. I don't, I don't know why. Same, but like, exactly. Matt Eichmann was so great. I mean, it wasn't even like, obviously Dustin from Schitt's Creek has spent quality time on these issues in his heart. You can tell, right? Like yeah. he's got two gay best friends who he brings instead of his fiance and <laughs> You know, he, he feels trapped in a box and obviously hasn't felt secure in what uh, what people think manhood is. But I feel like Matt Eichmann's just like one of those guys who just like, it's, he does American Ninja Warrior and he's just like, whatever. And he's huge. And man, when he got into drag, he bought it hook, line and sinker. He looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I was in it to win it with him. His roast was great. You could see he had that transformation that they all talk about. I loved it. And, you know, mm-hmm. we just talked about Alex Newell last week and how much I love him on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. So, and then I was like, what are you doing there? And then he really did have his own journey. So I thought it was great. Kimchi, amazing. Bob, amazing. When Dustin picked Nina West, I thought I was going to die. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it was the right queen for him. And it was weird because I thought Dustin had the least transformation of anybody and he was the most excited to be there. Sort of like Nino in the first week, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I don't know. I loved, I thought the roast was the funniest roast they've ever done. I'm guessing those things were professionally written for them, but I don't know. Um, I loved it. Thumbs up, two thumbs up, way up. There are my thoughts. What you got? So funny. I do. I had the similar journey with you and I was talking through with Emma where I was like, there's something about, it's just so gratifying to see a cisgendered white male who's presenting in traditional forms of masculinity that we've been force fed like sherry fucking pie by society and it's just just because you don't associate those people with this culture and it's nice when people sort of are still themselves and still hit all those marks but come to accept the seemingly fringe part of the world that means so much to you but you don't expect them to get or understand or even value and the fact that they're putting intention and effort into involving themselves in this world it just feels so good because also these are the people who like like Rasa, these are the people who used to like bully the queer kids, not him. Actually, I'm sure he's a great guy, but like that sort of archetype is the type of person that would be at complete odds with gay culture, gay society, LGBTQ issues, dressing up as women, femininity in general. It just seems like that sort of like meathead misogynist that is suddenly putting himself through all this ridiculousness. I remember like even when he was like bouncing up on that pit crew members junk, I was like, oh my God, I feel so awkward because I feel like he shouldn't have to do this. And I'm like, why the hell shouldn't he have to do this? Like if he agreed to it and he's enjoying it, it's just like, you know, there are parts of yourself that you sort of hide away because you feel like this isn't what masculinity is. It's like when Katya said on one of her, I like to watch, I never cross my legs because I felt that I couldn't and that wasn't mask. It's like you do these things because you feel like that's the model you have to live up to. And now to see these contestants come on drag race and try to emulate what's natural for a gay person or a drag queen or a transgender woman. It's just, it's lovely. It's lovely to see. 
So, but it is a bummer that they have the leg up in literally everything too. Cause like right. you don't expect them to always this way to guys like, going to win. You're like, great. Yeah. Like they have the leg up in society and because they have the leg up in society, you don't expect them to do this. So then when they do it, do it, it's just like, they have the running, they have the upper hand. I don't know. For whatever meaning it seemed more meaningful. And that's sort of my justification for why is it's deep seated wanting those people to accept me growing up and feeling like I needed to become those people to be an actual man and live up to those models and to realize that it doesn't matter and they can be fluid and everyone's trying everything else. And I don't know. It's just, it was a very cute moment. And that's why I was like, cause I was like, I shouldn't be feeling this moved by him in particular, but I fucking was. I fucking was too. I was, I was like, uh, uh, I'm just so impressed with you, Betty Bordeaux. You just sell it girl. You just sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dustin obviously has his own journey and, you know, he's a drag race super fan. <laughs> he's just running around. <laughs> but I mean, I did you like- not drop your jaw when he was like, I picked Nina West. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's a terrible idea. I know. But it turned out to be the right queen for him. Yeah. I, I well, appreciate be- that Nina addressed it immediately. Like, yeah. so why? Why? <laughs> I love that for Nina too, because I think she should be an all-stars. She's one of the ones that I would love to see on all-stars. She's, she's an Ohio queen. Let her have it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. She doesn't do it for me. I hate to tell you. She's got that same sort of kitschy sherry pie throwback. I don't think you do. I don't think you do hate to tell me. I think that was easy for you. No, I feel <laughs> bad because she's an activist and an awesome person and she's been bullied and had terrible things happen to her and people try to okay, kill well, her. Okay, well, everyone's been bullied. Like, people try to kill her? Yeah, don't you remember when she was, was in like- college? She was in her dorm and they were like, don't come out of your room. We're going to kill you. And then she had to go sleep in the women's dorm. <laughs> To be honest, I did not watch season 11. Who, who am I in bed here with? Who am I in bed with? What's happening right now? It's like a fucking stranger. It's like dead to me. He'd been cheating the entire time. Um, you know, on SVU, I would have a right to kill you at this point, And it would be fine. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, what kind of life am I living right now? <laughs> I'm dressing up for a meeting with my sister because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> it was cute. Oh, that was super sweet. Oh, I love our relationship. But no, I didn't see. I've seen the um, Evie Oddly lip sync against Brooklyn Heights. Brooklyn Heights. I've seen All I Need to Know to Hate Silky Ganache. I I loved her in the beginning. Let's just focus on what you do know. You did watch this episode, right? That's the truth. You did watch Celebrity Drag Race. That's the truth. Yeah, no, that's true. Did, well, have I lied um, about watching season 11? That's probably true. Did Matt Eichmann not remind you of Patrick Swayze and Tu Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, when he came out. I just was cracking yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so, so funny. It, I think it is Iceman, though. Is it? It doesn't matter. Drag it doesn't matter. His Bordeaux. real name is Betty Bordeaux. It's like that name doesn't matter anymore. That's his dead name. He's reborn as Betty Bordeaux. Well, and to hear that he's in all this pain from rheumatoid arthritis and that it kind of all went away when he was up there. And you're just like, oh, my God. Dustin was not as pretty as I had hoped. Uh, yeah. Dustin kind of looked like if Sharon Needles in Alaska had a baby. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. She did not lose any of her man walk or anything though. When she's like strutting out no, on the stage, such a man she walk. Didn't <laughs> lose her man shoulders or her man. I mean, I feel like Matt Eichmann embraced his chest and like yeah. was like, "This is how a lady would walk." And Dustin was yeah. still kind of like duding it up. I mean, which is acceptable, right? I mean, I don't know what the rules are, but um, yeah. I, at first, I was like, "What's Alex doing here?" That's not fair. That is a man Same. who I know who dresses as a woman for a living, mm-hmm. you know, in, in real life, but definitely had her, his own journey to go on. And yeah. I liked he and Bob together. Really sweet. Yeah. That was a cute pairing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nina West. I want to spread love and kindness. It's hard for me to be a hateful bitch like Michelle. This, the roast was really funny. I don't know. So good. So tight. It was so funny. Like oh there was God. no dead air, no cringy part. I was just like, you guys are hitting it every time. And RuPaul's. <laughs> Did not stop. <laughs> oh my did god! Especially with the Mount stop. Rushmore comment. Oh my god! <laughs> On kimchi being a fucking savage. Like I'm so excited. They all say kimchi is the shadiest of all. Yeah, but she is just evil. She's just, just no quiet. one can understand her. <laughs> I can completely understand her. When they said RuPaul was so old, her original drag name was Harriet Tubman. I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> And Dustin's <laughs> constant callbacks with like, uh-huh. and that's what it says on the wall yeah. in the bathroom. You're like, <laughs> like this is a clinic. And then when Alex Newell got up there and said to Bob, thank you, Danny Glover. I thought I was going to die. It was so <laughs> funny. They were so funny. What a it was, episode. Uh, 
I was, and then the I lip was, syncs were all yeah. so good. Like, yes. three different styles, but all is just like, I don't, like, this is one of those things where I'm not sure if there's, like, a style that's going to win, but I feel like everyone is doing their best in their way. <laughs> Dustin is a Tracy tryhard, though. He was definitely a Tracy Turnblad, like, just trying his little, his little Tracy <laughs> flick. That's what I was thinking. And Matt Eichmann was really trying to sell it, and then Alex was really in it. But I was so glad it was a three-way tie. I was like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't. It was great. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's it. why there was no dead space because they never had to justify someone else not winning by giving their awkward moments. They could show all of them at their best because they all won. Oh my God. When Kim Chi said to RuPaul, I want to congratulate you on your daytime talk show, which is not getting picked up because it was terrible. Yeah. You're like, whoa, that is low. And Ru's like, ha, ha, I can't do it. But man, you're just like, she died. I was like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Do we only have one more week of Celebrity Drag Race left? I think we have one more week and that's it. Because only more. four yeah. of them. So. Who are I, the queens? We don't know yet, right? We do. I can't remember. It's not as good as this week. It's maybe like Trinity. We'll find out. But it's not Bob and Kim Chi. For sure. Maybe Bob again. But Why is Trinity I back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like her. I don't know. It's definitely the of the three things I watched, it was my favorite. I thought it was so great. Made my heart so happy. So did you end up watching Dead to Me this week? Part two? Um, I watched part one. I had never seen the first oh. season. Yeah. What'd you it's think? It's quite funny. I was, it was really good. I think I, when it first came out, I read some reviews and it was like, Christina Applegate deserves a better vehicle for her talents. Mm. And I immediately wrote it off because I was like, all right. But it was enjoyable. I mean, it was built perfectly for consistent consumption over the course of one singular night, as is my want when I'm consuming content. <laughs> And I don't know. I was like the, as soon as like spoiler, obviously, as soon as you learn that Linda Cardellini's character is responsible for the death of her husband, you're like, okay, well now they're just going to stretch this across the entire 10 episodes until we have one major reveal. But then it's just like, look over there, look over there. It's Jada Essence (laughs) Hall meets plot structure where everything's intentional. And it felt like every little moment was brought back. Like all the yarns were tied so often. It's just like, here's a wow moment that we're never going to go back to even things from the first season and the beginning of the second, those loose ends are tied up. So it may not be the most original and the most, you know, groundbreaking, but it's so enjoyable. It's so much fun. And I love the dynamic. I love when Linda Cardellini and James Marsden are yelling at each other. And (laughs) she's just like, that that was really annoying. He's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, it's okay. And then they go back to yelling at each other. (laughs) It's just like little (laughs) check-ins. Um, it's a fun ass show. I enjoyed it. The second season's like a little slower. It's sort of like more of a rehash of the first season, just with a different crime, but still good. Yeah. I didn't even get through one episode. I just wasn't in the mood. I don't know why. I just wasn't. I was like, I'm going to watch this. No, I'm not like, I'm going to watch people be murdered instead. I'm going from a badge pretty soon. So (laughs) you're so far on the journey. Are you, (laughs) uh, season 10, like maybe, episode 10 something like that so moving along at a nice clip <laughs> i am it's getting everyone's right it does get worse as you get deeper into it but i am just ridiculously attracted to christopher maloney even though his eyeballs are so close together but and now he's like losing it they're roughing people up all the time they're going undercover they're getting shot they're getting killed i'm like where are we going oh, from here um and then today i watched the unbreakable unbreakable kimmy schmidt interactive movie that came out today so it's like a choose your own adventure did you guys ever read those Choose Your Own Adventure books when you are growing up? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. <sighs> I know no. what they are, though. Tell us about it. <laughs> so back in the old days, we had these paper books that you would read, and it would be like, Nick and Emma are going on an adventure, and they come to a fork in the road. Should they go towards the ice cream parlor or the skating rink? And you're like, oh, my God, I don't know. So once you made a journey, and that way you got to pick all these Choose Your Adventures. So they filmed an internet movie that's a Choose Your Own Adventure. No fun. And lots of it. Oh my God, John Hamm is hilarious in it. He is never in it enough. Anytime there was a choose more John Hamm time, I was picking it. I won't tell you the <laughs> answers, but like here are the really deep interactive questions. Fun dress or fancy dress? Go to the gym or take a nap? <laughs> I love that so they much. Fun. Mark Wahlberg at one point. She's like, you need to get on a Mark Wahlberg schedule. 2.30 in the morning, Mark wakes up. 2.45, prayer session. 3.30, workout number one. Titus is like, workout number one. Anyway, (laughs) more choices. Wake up Titus or let Titus sleep. Read a book, plan the wedding, or make out. So it's fun. It was cute. I I will go back and do the other ways I didn't. There's one, it seems like there's one major one where you either pick an adventure with Nick or with Emma, and I picked one of you. 
And um, <laughs> I was like, so then it was like, you can go back and do it again. Careful. So that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And then that if you make like the wrong choice. They send you watch that choice. And then you go back and they're like, Kimmy, that wasn't a very smart choice. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like black mirror did that with one of their episodes where it was sort of a choose your own adventure. Oh, but really? I felt like there's way more Wait, This feels fun and exciting and enjoyable. Yeah. It was just like, do you want to kill yourself or kill your family? And I was like, Oh, I want to close this tab and <laughs> I guess go to Hulu instead. Well, she is marrying Daniel Radcliffe and he is hilarious and up what? for insanity. Yeah. Oh, in the show. my God. And they, I of course press make out at one point and they are the world's worst <laughs> make your outers. It's, it's uncomfortable in a fabulous way. Not like in the normal way that I'm uncomfortable when people are making out in front of me. But I was like, yeah, that's not an obvious choice for you. That feels like the antithesis of what Julie would enjoy watching. It is like being inside a gumball machine from the get. That's it's very cute. silly. It's very sweet. John Hamm acts as ass. God, he's funny. I mean, <laughs> it's just not cool. He should be playing those boring Dustin parts they talk about where you have a great jaw and no personality. But God, he's so funny in this. Yeah. So I watched as many John Hamm adventures as I could. I, would, I mean, if you have nothing to do, it's not going to change your life in any way. But it was very sweet, super fun, made my heart happy. No one died, which will be Love later. That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me to take a break from that for now and again. For the- Why am I finding it strangely comforting in the quar? I do not know. And then I watched the Michael Jordan documentary. It's really entertaining. I don't know why. It's not the world's best documentary by any means. They do all these time hops where you're like, where are we? Why are we over here? What's going on? What's this through line? What are we doing? But he's really It's sort of like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I try and remind us where we are at any time. No, thank God. I feel like we've time hopped. I say, Imagine. Well, come otherwise, it'd just puppy. be. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd just be the riptide of Nick dragging us further out to sea, realizing that there's no way we're turning. And I'm still somehow talking about me, even though it's a catastrophic disaster. We're both likely to die. I think the floating out to sea with Nick would be enjoyable in its own way. Um, but we Nick- are basically talking about like content that we enjoyed. So I just try and keep us there. And you're great at it. Or it's like, even within the content we enjoy, I'm just like, remember like season two, you're like, well, we're talking about this episode. And, it's like, <laughs> and then in season six, when this happened, it's like, so next in this episode, it's like my thoughts on this. It's like, okay, well, that's just a different show. What's X Factor? And who is Dami Im? Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank.